Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of How to Live the Podcast. We are your hosts, Jess and Steph Dadon, and happy last podcast episode for the year. Wahoo! For the decade even, actually. Not that we're that excited about it, to be honest, because really podcasting has become one of our passions and something that we really, really look forward to doing every week. It's so true. Like, it's really great for us that we're, you know, working away at the shoe label and the fashion thing. And then we found that How to Live has been like a really nice new way of producing content, connecting with people in a new way and educating and inspiring, which is really lifting us up as well. Yeah, definitely. Like I feel like out of everything that we're doing in our work life, podcasting is something very high on my priority list. I'm just loving it. But having said that, very excited to go on holiday. So we have some pretty fun stories to share because we actually had our how to live tubes team Christmas party last Friday. We sure did. And it took place all around Melbourne. And you guys will be very excited to hear that we themed it how to live the podcast tour. So this is something that we love putting together something really fun and special for us all to do as a team at the end of the year. And our favorite thing about it is that it's always top secret. So we're planning away in the background, but we don't tell our team anything. We do send out little teasers throughout the week from Panther Claws, who will send them like little poems or just like little hints. So they rocked up on Friday morning. We did breakfast at Smith and Delhi, which is of course the incredible chef Shannon Martinez, who we had on the podcast earlier this year. We ate a delicious breakfast there. Then after that, we headed to Joel's house, who's part of our team, and the founder of Kiki K, Christina Carlson herself, actually came and ran the most amazing workshop for our team. It was really such an incredible open, amazing experience. And obviously with Christina running it, it was just like extra layers of deliciously special. And how amazing that we reached out to the team at Kiki K. We thought this would be a really cool thing to run a workshop at Kiki K. And when they suggested that Christina do it, we were honestly just floored. And the team was so appreciative to have her there. From there, we went to our very favorite Sands Beast vegan handbags by the incredible Catherine Wills, where each of our team got to pick their very own Christmas prezi. So usually we get our team a Christmas present, but this year we thought it would be extra special if they came with us to choose it. And because our whole team absolutely loves Sands Beast bags, it was just the perfect place to do it. And it was really, really fun. And then we actually took out an aqua donut onto the Yarra River and we got Betty's Burgers, which is owned by Janine Alice of Boost Juice. And we had ourselves a little picnic in 42 degree weather. What an incredible day. It was so much fun. And yes, of course, before you ask, we are working on a way of how we can bring How to Live the Podcast Tour to life for more people because it was so much fun. Absolutely. Other things that we have on this week, obviously, Tubes Pop-Up is still going strong on Chapel Street, South Yarra. If you haven't had a chance to go down and look yet, you absolutely should. Take a photo in the pink bath. It is so freaking cool and we've had the best feedback. So absolutely excited about that. So before we do get into today's episode, we just wanted to give you a little reminder that we are going to be taking a few week podcast break slash holiday over the next few weeks. Come on, Byron Bay and Sri Lanka. We'll be back at our new time of Tuesday, the 21st of January. It'll be up there Tuesday morning when you wake up, ready for a massive, massive show in 2020. We have some 
unbelievably exciting things planned for you and we just cannot wait. Speaking of 2020, this is your year. 2020, it's your year. Did you know that? So basically, we had an amazing session with Lane Beachley, which was aired last week. And then we thought to wrap up the year nicely and kind of get your inspiring juices flowing, we would put this episode together of all the things that we've kind of been learning and growing and seeking over the last 12 months and wrap it all tightly together so that we can take it into 2020. So as we said, we have spent the last year on this podcast journey, but really it's been a lot more than what we just thought it would be, which was, you know, creating content. Actually, we've gotten the opportunity to sit down with some of the most amazing, inspiring people in the world and really learn from them and grow from them. And I personally just feel like I've grown so much as a person through these experiences and these chats that we've had. And Jess and I kind of started to sit down and reflect and, you know, it's been a tough year for us both at times. It really has, but it has been a massive year of learning. We have no doubt that you've had tough times as well. But you know what? Looking back, it's all about how we grow from these experiences, what we learn from these experiences and how we can take what we've learned and bring it into a new decade. I often actually find going into a new year quite overwhelming and actually it gives me a little bit of anxiety because I do feel like we put a lot of pressure on ourselves of going into a new year and having to make these new patterns. So I think today we really want to kind of chat about some more tangible tools and ideas that we can kind of like weave into our next year and how to make it more palatable and less anxiety provoking. Totally, because we all have these big, massive goals. But when we were kind of reflecting on this year and the things that have really made it a great year for us, it was the little things. It was the tiny little changes that you can easily make today rather than, you know, say you'll do it next week and it never actually happens. And it really can make a massive difference to your life. So this year, I feel like one of the really awesome things I did that honestly, like any of us could just do at any point is I did things that scared the shit out of me. And the first thing that comes to mind is that in the middle of the year in July, I went on a holiday on my own and I would never have done that before. But I just was really feeling this pull from within that like I just really needed some alone time, even though I really didn't want it. I actually stopped and listened to myself and did it. I was terrified going in. Like I was honestly shitting myself, but then it turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. And like, it's a funny thing about doing things that scare the shit out of you because they're so scary from the outside. But then the second you just take one step in, you're like, oh, okay, I can do this. This isn't so bad. And then you really realize that like when you're on that path, that's where all the good stuff happens. Oh, totally. And you feel really good about yourself for doing it. Yeah, you feel fully proud. Something that actually comes to mind that I did this year that scares the shit out of me is starting this podcast. We talked about starting a podcast for such a long time and I was so apprehensive for a lot of reasons. But one of the reasons I feel like is because The idea of sitting down for a full hour and talking to women that inspired me really scared me because I felt like I was going to be hearing about how amazing they were and it was just going to highlight to me how shit I was. 
in a weird way. But in actual fact, I feel like it's done the absolute opposite. And I've gone in kind of expecting to feel that way. But in reality, what I've gotten from it is that while these women are all amazing and they have so much knowledge to share, that at the end of the day, they're just people. And I'm also just a person. And they're pretty great but I'm also pretty great. And then, you know, there's not really anything to be scared of. And I think that that was something we didn't even go in planning because we didn't know what we were going to get out of those interviews. But what we heard time and time again from people was family is the most important thing to me. You know, like as I'm getting older, I'm realizing why did I like spend all that time worrying about bullshit and working so hard when I was just like missing the really simple things in life, you know, meeting such incredible success people and realizing that like at the end of the day they all have these like basic human things in common they all just want human connection they all just want to be loved and feel loved they just all want to not be judged for their choices and be true to themselves has been a really massive learning this year I also think another thing that I've learned from the podcast as well and just generally is like what success means to me. I think it's something that we never really stop to ask ourselves because the word success society already puts so many parameters around that for us that we know what success means. It means working really hard and, you know, putting yourself last and putting everyone else first. And this year from speaking to people on this podcast, I think really taken a step back and tried to figure out exactly what success means to me. And in the past, you know, for the last, definitely for the last like four years, I'd say the idea of success was like working really hard, you know. Yeah. Working hard as a badge of honor, as Kath Will said. Badge of honor. Like, you know, that's my number one thing. I'm so ambitious. Look how ambitious I am, everybody. Look how hard I work. Yes. Because I think we think of the opposite of of ambitious as lazy, but there's a kind of new opposite of ambitious that we've found this year, which is balance, I guess, would you say? Yeah. And now the word success and the idea of success is much more holistic to me. Mm -hmm. And that's such a personal thing. You know, I think everyone though needs to stop and kind of ask themselves, well, what does success look like to me? And am I furthering myself along that journey or am I doing things to hinder that? Because in reality, by me working 24 seven, I wasn't making way for things that I love and people that I love. And those are the things that I want in my success. I completely agree. And now that I'm kind of thinking about it, I deem this year to be really successful for myself. And I guess work-wise, yes, we've had a really like work successful year, but I think, you know, no more necessarily than other years. But for me, really, I added a whole bunch of like personal, holistic, wellness things into my world. And that balance with work that you are passionate about and that you feel like you're making a difference through is really feeling like a successful year to me. So do you want me to dive into some of these holistic wellness things? Absolutely. I'd say my biggest one that's had an impact is my morning routine. I'm really keen for us to do a bigger morning routine episode next year. Let us know if that's something you guys are interested in. Do you have a morning routine at the moment? I hear people talk a lot about morning routines. I don't have a morning routine. I get up and most mornings I write down five to 10 things that I am grateful for. But other than that, I just kind of like roll out of bed and get up and go. Okay. I mean, you're a morning person to be fair. Like I was never a morning person, but I swear adding these few things into the beginning of your day, they make such a difference to how you feel. So 
In the morning, I start by journaling. So when I went on this wellness retreat in the middle of the year, they gave me a journal and a pen. They left it by my bed and they didn't say anything about it. And I kind of like... How ambiguous. I know. And I looked at the journal and it looked at me and we kind of looked at each other and we're like, what do we do? And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, I don't know either. Anyway, I picked it up and I started to put the pen to the paper and things just started to come out. And I think it was really awkward at first. And I remember when I was writing, I was like imagining what people would think if they read this, you know, like obviously like the ultimate judgment of myself and caring about what people think. And I just kind of let it flow. And so I've been doing this now for almost six months. And now I like laugh at like the profound things that I'm writing in my journal. They're probably still if somebody else read it and they will they would be like, what the hell is she writing about? But it doesn't matter because I feel really good about it. And one of my friends actually said to me the other day, she was like, I've noticed that you don't need advice so much anymore. Like, you know, when you just like ask your friend, like, what do you think I should do when people are kind of stressing out about mm. things? So I actually realized that what journaling has given me is that I know how I feel. So I don't need to ask other people's opinions. Yes, I can be like, hey, Jess, do you think I should wear like the pink sweater or the blue one? But when it comes to like real big decisions, if I'm uncertain, I kind of just like turn to my journal. I turn to my own thoughts. I turn inwards. And I'm just like really clear about how I feel and what I want. What's the second one? After I'm done journaling, I write down three things I'm grateful for. And I think, you know, we talked about this with Laura Lynn Jackson, the psychic earlier in the year, that having a gratitude practice has been proven to make you a more positive person. As Lane Beachley taught us last week, we should not just be writing what we're grateful for, but why as well. Yeah, that's actually been a really interesting thing for me to learn because gratitude is something that I've been doing for a while. And I just kind of do it because they told me to. Who's they? I don't know. Because I heard that that's what people do. So I just write down the things that I'm grateful for, but I never really felt like it was having some sort of profound impact on me or the way that I live my life. And until Lane the other day actually told us that we should be writing why, I, I didn't find it that fantastic. But then once she said that, it's really added such a new layer to it that I'm finding even after two days of doing gratitude through the way that she recommended, which is writing down what you're grateful for and then writing why, I found that I'm feeling so much more grateful as I'm writing these things down because it kind of forces me to like take a step back and not just list things but mm -hmm. rather force me to ask myself why I am grateful for them and honestly it's making such a difference such a difference I've been doing the same thing and I think yeah it just like stops you from creating a list and it makes you go a little bit deeper and really consider and feel into that gratitude by the way, I used to hate the word gratitude. So like, I'm sure there are people listening to this. They're like, eh, gratitude, but I swear, do it. Be a hater all you want and go and do it. And you are going to be thanking us. You are going to be so freaking grateful that you listen to this. <laughs> so next, after I've done my journaling and my gratitude, then I do positive affirmations. This is one that my friend Causey was like, you got to do this. Oh, she's also the person who wrote our theme song. She sings at the beginning of our episode, How to Live. <laughs> so basically what I do, and I know that some people do like positive affirmations in the mirror or they say them out loud. But what I do is I just close my eyes and I just silently to myself or in my head say the things that I really need to hear. Not like you are kick-ass, you are awesome, you own the world. Not things like that. Just things like I am enough and I am whole. I don't need anything else to complete me whatever happens in this day doesn't change the fact that I am enough. Panther's having a bad dream over there. Oh, no. He, 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 Panther, you're enough. Panther. Panther, you are enough. 
And I mean, does that sound silly when I say it out loud? Because I've never said that anywhere but no, inside my head. It doesn't sound silly to me, but I've done a lot of that work before. So okay, well, I don't know if that sounds silly to so someone So if you're else. making fun of me, don't worry. I'm enough. I don't care what you think of me anyway. But what I found that this actually has the biggest impact on my day because it means I go into my day and you know when like someone at work says a snide comment to you and then you say something really bitchy back or you're like and you're kind of that doesn't happen in this workplace it doesn't happen it just okay so let's say you're getting let's say you're cutting (laughs) some you're trying to turn into the traffic and somebody like cuts you off and beeps the shit out of you which actually happened to me on my way here right now rather than beeping the shit out of him back I was just like okay, that guy obviously needed to do that and he obviously felt shit today, so I'm going to let him, you know? It stops me from getting overwhelmed because things like anger and things like frustration, they all come back to just the way you feel about yourself. And if you feel good about yourself and if you feel like you are enough, then nothing that happens throughout your day is really going to be able to get to you. Yeah, well, and I feel like the thing is about all this morning routine stuff that you're talking about is that it really comes down to helping yourself before you help others. And that's why I think that it's quite nice that you do it in the morning because you haven't really had any interactions with anyone else yet so you're able to start your day fully focused on yourself totally very important that you don't look at your phone before you do your morning routine well and putting yourself first is definitely something that I feel like I've struggled with a lot over the last ever (laughs) and that's definitely something that like I full-on tackled this year and it's funny like upon reflection you know I was thinking about the things that were really plaguing me at the beginning of the year like when I was going to Bali and I was going on that yoga retreat, like the intense amount of guilt I felt for taking three weeks out of the entire year for myself, it was so immense. And Mm -hmm. like, how ridiculous is that in hindsight? Like the amount of pressure that we put on ourselves to show up for other people before showing up for ourselves is so insane. And I get it because I used to be one of those people that was like, if I did that, I would be selfish or if I did that, no one would like me and all of those things. But now that I'm kind of more in the mentality of the things that you're talking about, putting myself first before I put others first, I feel like I'm in such a place where I'm able to give more because I feel so full. Mm -hmm. Whereas like when you feel depleted and you haven't given yourself anything, you're just giving someone some like, you know, dribs and drabs. And that's the thing is that you can give to people in a real way when you've given to yourself first. Otherwise, you might be doing it to people please. You might be doing it to please them rather than pleasing yourself. And at the end of the day, you won't be able to show up for them in that same way. I feel like people use that analogy that just makes so much sense to me of like the oxygen masks coming down on a plane. Like it makes zero sense to put someone else's oxygen mask on first because by the time you get to yours, you can't breathe anymore, you know? Oh, I like the teacup. What's the teacup? It's like when you have a teacup and you have a saucer underneath it and you are the teacup and then you fill up your teacup all the way full and then the spillage that spills over your teacup that goes onto the saucer, that's what you have to give other people. Ooh, but if your, teacup is, if your teacup is empty, then there's nothing on your saucer to give. That's such a good one because it kind of like shows you get like a bit of a visualization yes. of the balance of how much you need to give yourself before you can give to others. So true. Like you're talking 80-20. Total 80-20 rule over there. (laughs) So the last thing in my morning routine, this has somehow turned into a morning routine episode. The last thing I do is I meditate, which is the big scary one that we've been speaking about a lot lately. I started with honestly just like a few minutes. Some days if I don't have time, I'll do it for five minutes. I personally use the Calm app most of the time and I love it. But I've been working my way up to 10, 20 minutes if I can. I don't need to tell you all the benefits of meditation. I feel like we all know it by now. But having those four things that I do just 
just really give me like a sense of being calm and being grounded. And I feel like I get a lot less stressed throughout the day. I feel like a lot less phases me and it's really been life-changing. Mm, so amazing. Post your meditation chat as well. I just like to shout out to all my morning people because this is something that I've only learned from Lane, but I'm going to say it here again, is that I am a morning person. So I experience a surge of energy in the morning and I was- Cannot relate. Always trying to meditate in the mornings and just- Sitting still for that time in the day just honestly is my idea of hell. So now that I've known that for about seven days, I've started to meditate at nighttime and whoa, has it made such a difference. My mind is just so much more willing to be still at nighttime. Maybe there are like some hardcore meditators out there that are like, well, you should do it in the morning when your mind's not willing to be still. But look, baby steps, my friends, baby steps. I can recommend nighttime meditation. You've got to do what works for you. So if you haven't listened to the Lane Beachley episode, definitely go recommend you have a listen to that one because Lane talks about how we can set realistic goals for ourselves. And that is the perfect example. If it doesn't work for you in the morning, do it at night. If it doesn't work the way they said it, do it your own way. Whatever makes you do it is what's great. I meditate half the time lying down because I can't be bothered getting out of bed. Everything you read about meditation says you should be sitting up with a straight back. And I say, screw you. I'm going to do it lying down because that's better than nothing. That's so funny. When we're in Bali, we had to meditate every morning. I say had to because I really didn't want to. And they always recommended that we sit up. And for the first like two weeks I did. And then I swear for the last seven days, I was lying down the whole whole time I was just like I'm done yeah whatever gets you to do it I can't do right? this I don't want to sit up straight at 6 a.m please God just let me go back to bed I don't want to sit up straight ever I have a slouchy bag I can't help it so what else did you do this year that you feel like really got you going? So something actually that I've been finding really helpful for me is the Instagram timer that I've put on my phone. So now your phone has a little thing where you can give yourself an amount of time that you're allowed to be on Instagram for. I think mine's something like 40 minutes a day. And that just came about because I was feeling like I was spending way too much of my time on Instagram. Not that I wasn't enjoying it because I do actually enjoy being on Instagram. I just felt like I shouldn't be doing it for that many hours in the day. That seems like a waste and I could be doing other things. And also when I was watching TV, I was just finding myself mindlessly scrolling. So I have introduced a timer on my phone and it's definitely made a massive difference to my mentality because it does send you notifications and things like throughout the day when you're using the app. And actually... Following on from that, I've decided that I'm going to take a full social media detox over this Christmas New Year break. So love that on Christmas Day, I'm going to be deleting my Instagram app from my phone for three full weeks. I'm really excited. I I'm just, excited for you. Yeah, like I said, I actually do enjoy Instagram. I'm like, I hear you. You know, I when don't. people say that, but yeah, I hate it. The thing is, I just don't feel like it impacts me that well. Like, it just can't. Looking at other people's lives endlessly is not good for us. It's I just true. don't believe in it as much. as like weird enjoyment we get out of it. I'm going away for this period and I just so much rather actually feel my feet in the sand as opposed to be staring at someone else's feet in the sand while mine are also in the sand preach be present baby you do you I love that I actually don't have Instagram on my phone at the moment funny story I broke my finger about mm, six weeks ago and I was like this is a new me I don't care about this stuff it doesn't phase me a broken finger is not going to get in the way of my doing anything even though it's my journaling hand and I journal every day I've been writing I can't read what I'm writing but I still write anyway and honestly it did not get me down a week later my phone broke and I had a full 
breakdown about it. Like Fingers I'm, we can deal with. Yeah. Phones, nothing. So exactly. Like what's a finger? But it's true. Like, you know, your phone is like a whole hand rather than just one finger. And a brain. It's like your whole body basically. It's everything. <laughs> it is us. And so I didn't have it for a day and I was freaking out about it. And then I was like, okay, um, this is kind of nice. And I decided I would go a full week without my phone. So I went a full week with no phone and people were like, oh my God, you're crazy. Like, how are you doing that? And I was like, you know what? You just adjust. Like people lived without phones before and they were totally fine. If somebody needed to get in touch with me, they found a way to get in touch with me. When I was around other people, I'd use their mobile to get in touch with somebody. If I needed to check my calendar, I'd check it when I was on a computer. You know, you kind of The other day you called me off a randoms phone. Oh, that was because I was stuck in the garage downstairs and I didn't have my phone on me though, to be fair. <laughs> I had to yell out through the garage door like, excuse me, can I use your phone? But since then, I do have a phone now, but I swear having that one week detox, it like almost broke the addiction. And I've mm. gone from being that person, you can vouch for this, that had their phone glued to their hand. Like I would not miss a single phone call versus now people will be like, oh, where's your phone? I'll be like, oh, like I just leave it places and I don't even realize. Yeah. Isn't that so good? Like we just need to break that cycle because mm-hmm. we are all so addicted to it. Like do you ever have that thing where your phone's dead and you're holding it because you're out. Yes. And then the amount of times you press the oh. home button to try and like just, I don't know what I'm doing. Look yeah. at the time, look at my notifications, whatever it is. But like when it's dead, I'm hyper aware of how many times I do it. Like I reckon it happens once every two and a half minutes. Oh my God, totally. Well, now that I've got my phone back, I still haven't downloaded WhatsApp. I haven't downloaded Instagram, which that one's a bit hard for work. I haven't downloaded my calendar because if it's something that I can get on my computer and I can open it at any point in the day, we all have our computers on us at all times anyway. I don't have my email on there. I don't have a lot of things that like now I'm like, all right, I use it for phone calls, for the occasional text message, but I've also stopped like sitting having text conversations because like what's the point in that? We can just pick up the phone. I sound like I'm 80, but like You really, sound like you're using a Nokia. I want to get a Nokia. That's my new thing. Apparently $150, you can get a Nokia smartphone that makes calls, text messages, and has really limited apps. Our cousin Jake told me about it. I'm going to look into shout it. Shout out to Nokia. And shout out to my birthday, Feb 11. Who's going to get it for me, Jessica? <laughs> <laughs> Subtle. (laughs) (laughs) And on the topic of technology, I have cut down dramatically on my TV watching. I love TV just as much as anybody does. But actually, when I was away in the middle of the year, bumped into my dad on our trip. Somehow we ended up crossing paths. And he said to me that when he was in his early 30s, did I tell you this, by the way? No. So he told me that when he was in his early 30s and he was having problems with anxiety, he went to see somebody and she said, look, you can have everything you want to in life but you have to cut down on certain things. You have to sacrifice certain things. And so he said, I'm going to cut out TV. I don't need to be watching TV. And for some reason, the day he said that to me, I was like, right, he's right. I need to cut my TV addiction. I'm so addicted. I'm watching hours and hours of TV every day. So again, I went cold turkey. I didn't watch TV for maybe a month or two. And now I'm in a really healthy relationship with TV where I still love it. And I sit down and I watch an episode of something two or three times a week, but I'm not just sitting there binging and instead I'm reading a lot. Mm, Lovely. Reading is so great. I've also had a weird thing with TV this year. So like when I went to Bali, actually funnily enough, did watch TV at nighttime in my bed. It was like my downtime. Yeah, which it is a great downtime. When I got back, I was really not into TV and since then I've gotten way back into it. Love TV. I remember you weren't into it. But something that has really changed for me and like 
I don't even want to say it on here because my friends will get mad. But like, I am not into reality TV anymore. I think it's the trashy reality TV. Like, so just so you guys know, in case you didn't, we're like the biggest Housewives fans ever, right? Ever. The Kardashians, Bravo. Like, Bring I, on the trash. I can watch anything and love it. But this year, I don't know what's happened with me, but like, so I am still trying to watch Housewives. Like, it sounds ridiculous to say trying to watch Housewives, but I'm just never watched them. So like right now, I'm like 10 episodes behind on all the current seasons I can tell you I know what it is it's that you found more meaning through other things like the things that you choose to spend your time on you know when you're doing yoga when you're doing your gratitude like it's meaningful and I feel like when you go from that meaning to just watching straight bullshit trash where like people are judging each other and people being catty and it's all these things that you no longer want in your life then it doesn't really align with you anymore. It's a really bizarre feeling though because it's not like I'm not watching trash though. Like at the moment I'm watching Working Mums. Working Mums is so fucking good. I'm you guys, you have it. to watch it. You it's have to. It's so, so funny. But like, you know, it's a, it's just like 22 minutes of like funny crap. But I don't know what it is about reality TV. I'm just like not into it at the moment. I'm the exact same. But can I tell you below deck? I still like watching that. Like, it just feel like when there's more substance to it, I don't know, it's a little bit different. Mm. The other thing I think probably for everybody, but like 2019 definitely has been the year of podcasts for me. And funnily enough, I feel like I went too hard too fast. Something that I identified at the beginning of the year that I really wanted to do was like have more meaningful conversations. Like I felt like a lot of the conversations that I was having with people and with my friends was just like, I don't know, crap about crap. Like it wasn't actually about anything. And I feel like I got so excited by podcasts because it was this way that I felt like I was in a conversation with somebody who I obviously wasn't in a conversation with, but who I was listening to talk about all these like really interesting things. And I was learning a lot. And for a while, I just got way too excited and every minute of the day I would fill with a podcast, like if I was on the toilet, if I was in the kitchen, if I was driving, if I was walking, literally any minute free, I was listening to a podcast because I had to learn something. It was like I got addicted to it. But then I took a break and now I've kind of like reintroduced it in my life. But I do just think podcasts are so, so wonderful. They're such excellent places to learn about what you like, what you don't like. Mm-hmm. Like I, I even like listening to podcasts about things that I don't like because I just find it interesting for someone to educate me in a way that like I don't really relate to. What do you mean? What kind of thing that you don't like? Like at the moment I'm listening to these two yoga teachers and a lot of their views don't align with mine, but I just find it interesting to hear them chat and I find it interesting to hear a different point of view than mine, you mm. know, because most of the people that I surround myself with have a very similar opinion to me. Yeah. And I kind of like hearing from the other side because they're not some dirty monsters. They're actually just like me. They just happen to think differently. And I really think that that's cool about podcasting that you can kind of tap into that too. Mm, I feel like what we're saying is that maybe content consumption is going from like being like trash and like about nothing to like more meaningful or maybe that's just us I don't know yeah no I definitely think that like people are seeking more meaning the other thing that I did mention is I've been reading a lot more books I feel like my attitude towards reading has changed where before I was totally a holiday reader so on a holiday I would like read a couple of books and be like yeah this is great I'm gonna totally be reading every day when I get home and then when I got home I feel like I never had time to read enough so it just like kind of wouldn't happen and I feel like now my new attitude is 
I'll just read a couple of pages here and there. And like if you read a couple of pages today and a couple of pages tomorrow and a couple of pages for the rest of the year, then you've read a bunch of books. And that's what I've started doing. And I also, my new thing, I have a lot of books on the go at once. I don't know how you do that. I know. I just like, I have different books for different categories. So like this year I got super into Eat, Pray, Love. So like I was obsessed with that book. So like that was kind of like my fun, but it was still like uplifting and like good vibes. But then like I had my Brene Brown and I was reading like Daring Greatly at the same time. So like, you know, I'll just like have my different books that are hitting my different things and like I'll pick one up and put one down as I go and just by reading a couple of pages here and there in the last few months I've already read a bunch of books and I can't wait to keep reading I love it I feel like the the fact that you read lots of books at one time I find funny like it suits you because you always have so many tabs open it's just like tabs on your kindle yeah I have kindle tabs yeah although I actually I have my kindle and then I'll, I'll have a couple physical books as well I don't know if you've noticed that like I'll lug around like a few physical books and my Kindle because like some books I like to read physically some books are good to just be able to download on Kindle Mm, I've gotten more into physical books this year I feel like usually I found reading on a Kindle more fun but now because I spend so much freaking time on my laptop I just find it kind of nice to hold a book in my hand as opposed to another device Mm, same there's just like something really nice about like lying in a park and holding a book Mm, it's very like quaint (laughs) <laughs> There's nothing more like quaint than walking to your local cafe like Windsor oh. Deli and reading a quaint book. Oh my God, totally. <laughs> I love that. It's like so silent and like such a nice activity. Yeah, so it really just has been such a massive year, both work and personally. I guess today we really wanted to talk on a personal level because a lot of time on this podcast we do talk about work and something that we've actually received amazing feedback on the episodes that are a bit more personal focused. So that's definitely something we'll be increasing hopefully in 2020. It is hard to be vulnerable on here, not going to lie with you. Like it feels like we're in a room just with the two of us, but it is a little bit scary to have a bunch of people listening when we're like crying and talking about our mental breakdowns. But I do think that having those conversations on here is what is really exciting us because it's what we feel like makes a difference to other people that are going through shit because trust us, we also go through the shit. So we hope that if you kind of have any hopes for yourself in 2020, things that are really scaring the shit out of you, things that you feel like are going to help other people or things that are really going to make a difference to your life, we hope that you can kind of take the leap, know that taking care of yourself first is the most important thing. It is not a selfish decision. It's what you need to do. It's actually selfless because it means that you'll be able to go out and help all the other people around you. Mm. And I also think that it's a cool and interesting time, but I think we're all feeling the same way. And like, that's definitely something that I'm taking away from 2019 is that at the beginning of the year, I feel like I felt like I was feeling all of these things. I was feeling exhausted. I was feeling like I was spending too much time and energy on other people, not enough time on myself, not enough time to doing the things that I love, who the fuck am I, stuff like that. And I thought that I was alone in that. But what I've learned is that I am not only not alone, but just about every other person that I walk past on the street is thinking that same stuff. And I think that's pretty great. It's awesome. So we wanted to give you permission that you can take 2020 as your year. You know, every single person out there should be seeing it as your year. Put yourself first, go be vulnerable, talk to people, be open about how you're feeling. Honestly, once you break that ice of talking about your struggles and you realize that everybody else has the same struggles, it is such a freaking weight off. And have a super safe, amazing holiday period. Holiday! 
But Yay, so excited. So fun. So before we do wrap up, we just wanted to jump through some quick fires. Okay. What was your best moment of 2019? Oh, well, I'll say a more recent one. Opening the pop-up store. It's funny because I've really gone on this like whole deep personal journey throughout this whole year. And then in the last kind of week, we've like really rallied hard to get this pop-up store open on Chapel Street. And it has made me so proud to see all of our team get together and work towards a common goal. And it looks amazing. And I just love that we have this little tubesy home and I'm really, really proud. That's amazing. Mine is also work-related. I mean, I think we could both talk to so many personal things that have happened this year that have been amazing, as you can hear. But I have to say the most amazing moment of 2019 was meeting Meg Ryan and going to Meg Ryan's house and sitting with Meg Ryan for an hour and learning things from Meg Ryan and Meg Ryan knowing our names and Meg Ryan writing down the name of our brand. But I think that the reason that it really was a massive thing for me this year is so often I've struggled to like be present in things. I think I was in a really good place when we met Meg and I was able to just like stop and take it in and enjoy the moment rather than just like completely freaking out about it. So for that reason, it was my highlight of the year. But I do have a lot of highlights. What was your favorite place that you traveled to in 2019? New York, probably actually. Funny, often when we travel for work, I feel quite overwhelmed and I'm like a bit antsy and kind of eager to get home. I don't like getting out of my routine and I miss everyone at home and all of that stuff. But this year, when we went to New York in September, I just felt this like real sense of presence. Funny, you just said that. I was really just like able to enjoy myself fully every single day. I remember we were there for like 10 days and it felt like six weeks to me, whereas like usually a trip feels really quick. And I just freaking loved that city. Like we had so much fun there, Mm. like podcasting and just like hanging out. My best friend Zoe lives there. I just loved it. And it's somewhere we've been before, but I've never quite been able to get as much out of it as I did this year. Mm. Incredible. I'm going to say Byron Bay. I've traveled there many times before, but going with this new kind of wellness spirituality lens, I had the absolute best time there. And I am so excited that I'm going back there this week. What is your favorite book? of the year. My favorite book of the year is Laurel Lynn Jackson, Signs. I read that a few weeks ago after we interviewed her and she is every bit as amazing as that interview sounds and so is her book. So it's all about her incredible psychic abilities and kind of like teaching you how you can tap into your own psychic abilities. What about you? Mine, I would say I've just discovered Joe Dispenza, who is all about self-healing. Definitely recommend you go and check him out if you haven't yet. I'm currently reading his book called You Are the Placebo. And I'm reading it thinking about how I can fully heal my broken finger because they keep telling me I'm going to get 80 to 90% of my range back. And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm getting 100 back. And it's all through the power of the mind. Something you are going to live by in 2020? Something I'm going to live by in 2020 is that I'm trusting myself that I'm amazing. I think that we're all really amazing and I think that it's taken this year for me to really come into all that I am and my greatness and being really like proud and owning that. So that's what I'm going to take into my 2020 and just kind of live in that awesomeness. Oh, that's fantastic. You? I have discovered this year that emotions aren't as scary as I thought they were. I used to 
think emotions there, but <laughs> just feeling into my feelings and being okay with sitting with my feelings. And, you know, when I, I think when I actually listen to myself and what I want and let that guide me, then there's no way I won't be happy. So love that. Yeah. And the last thing is, what is your best wellness tip for 2020? My best wellness tip is go to yoga. I feel like I haven't even said that on this podcast, but just go. (laughs) Just go and give it a freaking go. Okay, maybe I'll start yoga in 2020. Yes. My best wellness tip is I feel like there's so much that we can do with our minds and working through your thoughts and things like that. But actually, I found that body work is a really awesome addition to all this. So doing things like getting acupuncture or doing breath work, things that like physically kind of move energy through your body can be a really important piece of the puzzle in creating like balance within yourself. So go out and get yourself some body work. Awesome. Well, that is all from us. We will see you on Tuesday, the 21st of January, 2020. Oh my goodness. Can't wait, but can't wait because really just want these next three weeks to go by so slow. It's true. Enjoy your holidays. Let us know what you thought of this episode, please. If you liked it, leave a review, share it with your friends. We'd love to see you listening on Instagram, all of those good things. Please help us get the word out. Have an unbelievable time over the holidays. Be safe, be well, take time for yourself, rejuvenate, and we'll see you in 2020. Bye. See you then. (laughs) 